Listen. Those are the drums of liberty. We are in a desperate war for the minds of our children. In fact, it's a 16,000-hour war. Let's talk about it further in part two in this Liberty Minute. Welcome to the Theory to Action podcast, where we examine the timeless treasures of wisdom from the great books in less time to help you take action immediately and ultimately to create and lead a flourishing life. Now, here's your host, David Kaiser. Hello, I am David, and welcome back to this Liberty Minute. In fact, it's a special bonus edition, part two Liberty Minute. So in part one, we outlined that we are indeed in a war. A war for the minds and in fact, even the souls of our children. We talked briefly about the closing of the American mind and how that was quite influential to capture what was happening at the time in our college campuses throughout the second half of the 20th century. In fact, in addition to the closing of the American mind by Alan Bloom, which is that book we talked about in part one, you could have thrown in there God and man at Yale by William F. Buckley. And so, again, what we talked about in part one is, in fact, this great conversation that had happened in universities all over Europe and in the United States since the invention of the university system way back in the 11th century. But now that university system is starting and, in fact, is well on its way to eroding very, very fast, especially in the second half of the 20th century. And in fact, now it's even worse because there is a war, a full onslaught assault, not only on camp- college campuses, but now, but now it is in K through 12 education. And we learned about this in part one. So getting back to our book in review and a great book indeed. The title is The Battle for the American Mind, Uprooting a Century of Miseducation by Pete Hegseth. And let's go back to the book for our next quote. Quote, until three or four generations ago, our Padilla, Padilla rather, was highly coveted and it was cultivated in our homes, schools, and churches. The concept was widely known to the educated class. The concept was embedded in daily life, yet we have no translation for the word in English. Every Western generation from the time of Christ until the late 1800s knew of it. Then about 100 years ago, it was deliberately targeted to change the course of our nation. It was dismantled and buried by a group of determined progressives. For the first time in 2,000 years of cultural history, these progressives had a new understanding of humanity. We are simply the pinnacle of naturalistic evolution. We neither partake in divine nature nor 
have we fallen because there is no God. They called it humanism, by which they meant an atheistic form of humanism. This new understanding of man may not have been popularly accepted right away, but its adherents wanted to build a society around this new idea of man. And to do so, they needed to establish a new paideia. End of quote. They needed to establish a new paideia. And boy, did they ever. But before we move on, let us try to get our minds around what is paideia. And if you look it up in the dictionary, you get no search results. So you got to do a little bit more digging. Wikipedia has a good halfway decent definition. But Padea does not have an exact English translation, which we just learned. But as you dig into that research, you can best be it can best be described as, quote, upbringing or the fundamentals of education for the youth. And this type of Padea education, it was a combination of the classical liberal arts. Not in today's notion of liberal, but as in liberal or conservative, but liberal in the classic sense of the word. Liberal being the liberalization of the mind so that you could critically think about a problem with reason, logic, and precision. But let's go back to Pete's book to keep digging deeper. Quote, the term padea presents yet another challenge. The ancient Greek word had a wide-ranging influence in history and still does today. But chances are you have never heard of it. The very concept was buried by the progressives a century ago. At its core, paideia motivates our decisions and behavior through our affections, cultivated in us at a very young age. Because it influences each person in a culture, paideia forms a culture, and that's most important. How do we vote? Do we marry? Same sex? Large families? Small families? Do we do productive things? Do we start a revolution? A million actions lie on the surface, while paideia lies at a much deeper level. It is a blueprint of thought, affections, and narrative that which every one of us, through which every one of us views everything. It is the building block of culture. It determines the future of a people. If you're struggling with the concept at this point, it will become more clear. It's hard to get a good look at your own face. And paideia is so deeply embedded in us, it's even hard to see. The Western Christian paideia, then, is a particular type of paideia that was intentionally created for a self-governing people. It is unique to the West, and America was founded based upon it. The Western Christian Padea is a singularity in history. It was the innovation of a classical world dedicated to freedom and freedom-loving people. It was created specifically to sustain republics more than 2,000 years ago. Our founding fathers leaned heavily on this Western Christian Padea in their debates as they formed our American Republic. 
citizens must be cultivated into it through what is now called classical Christian education, which has largely been missing for over a century. The Western Christian Padilla's loss over the past century was not an accident. Its loss now endangers, endangers our nation. Opening this book, you probably thought, as I did, that the problem in our schools is what is being taught. It's not. The problem is what has been systematically, if quietly, removed. Unless you understand the hidden backstory of this heist, you will almost certainly under, underestimate what once happened in America's schools. The progressives are counting on the fact that we never remember. End of quote. Pete's book is that good because he uncovers all these different aspects of what happened over the last hundred years. But what I found most interesting in this nugget of wisdom is why did the Greeks employ this type of learning? What motivated them to do that? How did they discover it? And I thought the questioning was just fascinating. So in my research, I found because the Greeks wanted a self-governing society, they needed all persons to live in virtue and pursue virtue, to see and want to pursue that good, essentially to want to pursue excellence all the days of their lives. They wanted all their people to be able to do this. So eventually they reworked that problem all the way back to their youth. And then they began building and embedding this paideia, this notion of pursuing the good. We see it in Aristotle's ethics. And so to help the youth back in Greece, they devised even more fundamental aspects. Their education. And that's where we get the trivinium which we know now as literature, grammar, rhetoric, history, philosophy, along with science and arithmetic. Okay. So those are the building blocks of the education that the Greeks employed. So we know what paideia is, and we know why it was invented and started by the Greeks, but why is it relevant today? Why should we care? Well, in fact, that's another great question. And this all matters because we have heard in our, like we heard in the first quote in this Liberty Minute, some 1800 years since Christ, since the time of Christ, almost all education was built on the notion of this Western Christian paideia, starting in the mid-1800s, roughly right after our Civil War ended in the United States. This notion of creating a more liberated human being started coming on the scene. It wanted to separate religion from morality and then morality from our culture. It was greatly influenced by Charles Darwin and the German speaking philosophers that we have heard so much about. Marx, Kant, those terrible people. They wanted to create the new liberated human being, and they wanted to seed the culture. Now, remembering back in our first Liberty Minute, 
part one, we know that politics is downstream from culture. And so to change politics, you needed to change culture and to change culture, you needed to change morality and religion. Thank you, Father Newhouse, for that. And these folks such as Darwin and Marx and Kant, they had a deep distaste for religion. Remember Marx's famous line, religion is the opium for the masses. But back to our question, why Paideia? Why should we care now? Let's go back to Pete's book for that answer. Quote, why Paideia? Paideia remains an unfamiliar word to us, but a brief explanation of its power explains why it was the primary target for progressives. We'll unpack that more soon. Suffice it to say, its power had, until now, endured for a millennia. During the Golden Age of Greece, three things were discovered by Paideia and about Paideia. First, every people, tribe, and nation depends on a Paideia instilled in a future generations during childhood to perpetuate their culture. Second, the quality of this paideia will be reflected in the greatness of the culture. As a rule, all cultures naturally and unintentionally cultivate an unthinking, dogmatic, and narrow paideia. But some of these dogmas are better or more true than others. Finally, the Greeks realized that while paideia is a natural part of growing up in any family and society, it might be possible to cultivate an intentional paideia, a paideia that supports a self-governing civilization. Their pre-Christian paideia was based on humanistic pursuit of the divine ideal. And this, here's the important part, this, for the Greeks, and for us, was a world-changing idea. The education of young could create a culture that pursues higher purposes. Here's where it gets good. In 4th and 5th century BC Athens, the academy, Plato's original school, was born of the question, what type of paideia is required for a people to govern themselves, to think for themselves? to enjoy the pursuit of divine truth, to think freely rather than merely accept the dogmas of the day. If they could accomplish these goals, they could establish a culture that grew greater and stronger with every generation. This culture would be exceptionally powerful and exceptionally good. They experimented with cultivating the power of thought in the children. In an irony, they were the original progressives. But unlike American progressives, the Greeks did not see, seek human ends. They sought to align humans with God, the Logos. And the results were outstanding, astounding rather. The results were astounding and unparalleled in all of human history. Because they built Western civilization with this very idea. And Pete continues, quote, you are likely th still thinking, but what is paideia? A noun, a thing, an idea? But paideia is contained in that human part of the soul that makes us who we are. 
Why does a child born in Vietnam but adopted as an infant in the United States grow to be nearly indistinguishable from any other American in almost every way? Paideia is the reason. Paideia is common to the community. It does not reference individual differences brought about by temperament. It is associated with our youthful education because that is when we are shaped. Paideia is made up of ideas, presumptions, beliefs, affections, and ways of understanding that define us. Everyone's paideia is shaped during childhood, which is why the left is so hyper-focused on things like universal pre-K. They can harness it to reflect their progressive plans and print it on the hearts of the impressionable. Paideia, generally speaking, is unambiguous, ubiquitous. It presents in everyone in all cultures. Like DNA determines our physical attributes, paideia determines our cultural attributes. Isn't that fascinating? A cultivated paideia leads to a vision of what life should be, and listen, the virtues required to pursue it, the vision of the good life. The Western Christian paideia is a unique form of paideia that was an intentional, intentionally developed and cultivated beginning with the Greeks and flows through all Western cultures. Like DNA, it intermixes with other cultures to vary slightly by region and era. The Greeks had proven that education was a powerful influencer of paideia, and this made, quote, school a very attractive target for the pre-progressives as they contemplated a new order, end of quote. And then to fully break all this down, here is a wonderful and direct comparison of the differences of a Western Christian paideia and what has become known if you get the book, and I highly encourage you to get the book, it's that good. What has become known as an American progressive paideia. Let's go back to the book for this final quote. Quote, the Western Christian paideia seeks a lifelong search for greater meaning in life. In today's American progressive paideia, Searches for a job. The Western Christian Paideia seeks wisdom. Today, they just seek facts. The Western Christian Paideia studies history in the classics. Today, in that American progressive Paideia, there's nothing worth knowing that wasn't just thought of. To study the history in the classics is not good. Western Christian Padea teach the application of reason. Today, they teach and preach the acceptance of indoctrination. Western Christian Padea, there is a divine order, and that order is revealed in Christ. And today, they teach there is a humanist anarchy, and there is no God. Western Christian Padea, strong spirited citizens who are better together. And today, in this American progressive paideia, we have weak-spirited citizens who better serve the state. 
End of quote. Wow. Such good stuff. There are so many nuggets of wisdom that we could spend tons of time unpacking. So many avenues that we will have to keep exploring to ensure that we battle and ultimately win what I'm starting to call this intellectual Gettysburg. And I'm going to keep calling it that because that's what it is. It's an intellectual war for our kids' minds and for the next generation. Think about this. 180 days each and every year. That's what kids spend K through 12. 180 days each and every year, academic year. Seven hours a day for 13 years. That's just pure indoctrination. All of that equals a 16,000-hour war. A 16,000-hour war of indoctrination from kindergarten to 12th grade. And when they try to do universal pre-K, that's even adding more years. No wonder they're so hell-bent on doing that as well. Now, frankly, we can't allow them to win this war. And in later Liberty Minutes, we will craft a plan of how and when to battle. But let's at least today recognize that it is a full-fledged battle, whether we like to admit it or not. And 16,000 hours is a very steep, steep hill to climb. So in today's Liberty Minute, let us begin today to seriously pray for our kids' education. If you're a Christian, a Catholic... Jew, Muslim, if you believe in at least a Western paideia, civilization built on Judeo-Christian principles, I ask you to pray. Because this, this paideia, our Western Christian paideia, has been a cultural bedrock for some 1,800 years. And again, I encourage you to get this book. It's that good. And once you read it, I would encourage you to read it again and pass it along to a neighbor. And then the second request is this. Ask yourself this question. Will we as parents and influencers of children, will we have the courage to fight this fight? It is daunting. I understand. I understand how easy it is to go with the flow. But how we answer this question, this intellectual Gettysburg, will tell us what the next generation of our republic will look like. You've already seen how it's been taught over the last two generations. Just look at what could be the next generation. Will the Western Christian paideia be taught or will the progressive Marxist paideia be taught? The intellectual Gettysburg awaits our answer as a society. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this Theory to Action podcast. Be sure to check out our show page at teammojoacademy.com, where we have everything we discussed in this podcast, as well as other great resources. Until next time, keep getting your mojo on.
Are you a voracious reader who yearns for a deeper understanding of your favorite books? Or perhaps you're a busy professional seeking to enrich your knowledge, but short on time. The Mojo Academy 2.0 is your perfect solution. Our revamped service now includes beautifully designed monthly written reviews and PDF format to accompany our popular audio reviews. These aren't just summaries. These are comprehensive and insightful explorations of each book packed with the actual quotes from the book to enhance your understanding. With usually 69 pages per review, they are perfect reference tools to take your learning to the next level. Get your free Mojo Academy review in written format at teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes for that free link. Again, teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes and you will see the link for the free written review. Get yours today.